0: Welcome to the Stop Ruining My Childhood podcast.
1: A sometimes nostalgic, sometimes cynical look back at pop culture.
0: Join us as we revisit movies, cartoons, and live action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question,
1: does this hold up or did I just ruin my childhood?
0: My name is Megan. And I'm Steve. And today is a very special bonus episode.
1: Hocus Pocus.
0: (laughs) After almost 30 years. I don't know why they didn't just wait the one more extra year.
1: 29 years.
0: 29 years. Um, Hocus Pocus 2 just came out, and we had planned on doing a bonus for Hocus Pocus anyway. Yep. It's a lot of rhyming, bonus Hocus Pocus. So we just decided to move it up to kind of coincide a little bit better with the release of the sequel. So we're we're only going to really cover the original.
1: Right, yeah, we're just going to talk about the original. If you want to know about the sequel, you have to watch it.
0: Yeah, we might make some mention of it, but we're not going to like do a full review. No. Because we don't want to do spoilers, except for things that are 29 years also,
1: old. Also, we only do things in the 80s and 90s, and that is of 2022.
0: That's true. That's a good point, Steve. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out and reminding me.
1: Sometimes you need to be educated.
0: <laughs> anyway, you can find that on Disney+. Plus. And before we get into Hocus Pocus, we have a very special halloween snack
1: our non-sponsored snack segment and today's non-sponsored snack segment is highlighting
0: candy, candy corn. corn I love candy corn
1: Candy corn is excellent
0: Candy corn is a controversial snack
1: I don't know about that I
0: feel like people either love candy corn or they hate it
1: I feel like people either love candy corn or they're psychopaths <laughs>
0: Um, why don't you have some and I'll tell people about a little bit of the history. Okay. The history of candy corn is fascinating to
1: me. Nom 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 nom. I num, wanted num? you to know I was having it. Your
0: num num noises? Yeah. We have a mix, an autumnal mix of regular mm. chocolate and
1: uh, dog scratch.
0: Of regular chocolate and pumpkins.
1: Yeah, not pumpkin flavored. I don't believe. No, just pumpkin shaped.
0: Yeah, just pumpkin shaped. That's kind of how they started. So in the eighteen hundreds, um, they had like this recipe that was like a marshmallow, and they started putting it. And they, because a lot of the country was agrarian at the time, still a lot of farmers. Yep. They were in the shape of things that would be like farming, like so right. pumpkins chickens I'm guessing other things like that. Yeah. And the the little corn shape, the little um triangle didn't really come in until a little bit later. Um they were kind of it seemed, from what I can understand these are things that maybe people made at home possibly the way people would make marshmallows before marshmallows were like commercially sold. Mm-hmm. And then um they were the first commercial maker was George Renegar at the Wonderly Candy Company in Philadelphia. And they were the first people to sell it commercially in the late 1800s. And they were called Lil Nibbles.
1: Lil Nibbles. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then the Gullitz Candy Company in 1898 also started selling these. And they um, eventually that company changed its name to Jelly Belly. Okay. So they called it Chicken Feed. And it was not just sold during this Halloween season, but it was only sold March through November. Um because it was a real pain in the butt to make. Okay. It took a long time. So
1: December through February or through February no March, just took off.
0: Yeah, yeah, or they they prepared for they prepared probably batches of it and okay. then just sold it March through November. Um, so it was a t- it's a type of mellow cream, and it's basically like corn sugar, corn syrup, sugar. Um, they, but they were calling them buttercream candies. And the FDA was like, you have to change your name. There's no butter in this. Stop calling it buttercream. Mm. But the idea was that it was like, you know, buttery when, okay. you, when you bite it. And they would make it in these huge kettles. And they'd make like this marshmallow kind of fondant slurry. And then um, they'd have runners and stringers who are workers who would walk forward and backward um, pouring it into the cornstarch molds. So it's kind of a similar process today where they have these long things of cornstarch. The machine dips down into it and presses um a triangular or in this case a pumpkin shape right whatever the shape is yep. um presses it into it and then it goes through the, the various colors and now as you just had a chocolate one right yeah so now also some flavoring too so the original just have vanilla okay um and brox is the biggest maker of them and that's who we have right now yeah my favorite they have some 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 um we couldn't find it but my favorite are caramel apple Oh, okay. Oh, man, so good. It's a little bit of, like, green apple flavoring, a little bit of caramel flavoring on the bottom. Mm. The vanilla is sometimes a little much for me, but my mom used to have this hollow um, ceramic pumpkin with a top on it, and she would always fill it with candy corn, but sometimes, if we were lucky, there'd be candy corn in there. Nice. so now whenever we're home if she has it out just for a fall decoration we always check mm-hmm. she doesn't do it anymore usually but once in a while it's like magic <laughs> like you look out it's the last time i was home for thanksgiving and my brother pulled the lid off and he goes ah oh. and my dad goes i told you so <laughs> Apparently it had been a debate. Do we fill it with candy corn or okay. not?
1: I feel like my grandmother used to put it out, too. My grandmother has a candy dish that she puts different candies in, depending.
0: Yeah, it's kind and of an old-fashioned.
1: Candy corn usually was in the fall at some point. You should have candy corn out. And I would eat it. I like candy corn, so. Yeah, it's um,
0: it's got that. It does have kind of a creamier uh... center. And then once it dries, they put a confectioner's glaze over the top. Yeah, there's sugar on top of sugar on top of sugar. Well, it
1: gives it that, so it doesn't really. It's not a melt in your hand kind of candy. Right. It's got kind of a you know a a glaze that's hardened on the outside, which is nice. Um, I don't know. Now this is the thing. Mm. The originals, the little triangle things, the candy they call candy corn. They don't really look like corn.
0: Well, that's what originally. Well, if you think about it, they were called like chicken niblet. Like the yeah. We have chickens. If you think about the cracked corn we give our chickens, it. I guess it is a little like, it's bit. It's a kernel of corn.
1: Yeah, I guess. Kernel of corns are not really triangles, though. They're like little rhombuses or like little trapezoids. Well, that's kind harder
0: of. to stamp into the...
1: Well, I want accuracy <laughs> in my candy corn. If you're going to call it corn, make it look like corn.
0: I like The candy pumpkins are my favorite. I don't know why. Okay. There's just something about them.
1: So I just tried all three of these. The original candy corn, the chocolate candy corn, and the pumpkin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um... I will rate them
0: now. Okay.
1: Within the candy corn family. All right. Original candy corn, number one. Okay. It's the best. Second, pumpkin, which tastes pretty much like original candy corn, but it's shaped like a pumpkin. And then third, chocolate candy corn. The chocolate candy corn was okay. Um, You know, it has just like an end of chocolate. Mm-hmm. But the chocolate in it, it tastes like fake chocolate. Oh, it tastes yeah. almost Tootsie Roll-ish yeah. and chocolatey. And that's okay, but it's not like...
0: So it's kind of fake. Yeah, we have some Tootsie Rolls, and I've been hesitant to to do them because I don't like that fake chocolate.
1: I mean, I don't dislike Tootsie Rolls. It's just, again, if it's not the best out of the three.
0: So rating the whole mix, or do you just want to rate... No,
1: we're just ra- rating okay. original candy corn.
0: Rating the original candy corn just on its own, the pure original... Beautiful candy corn.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) One out of five for the snack, one out of ten for the movie today. Um, And we're going to go with broomsticks because it's Halloween and it's witches and all that. Okay. So, out of broomsticks, what are you going to give it?
1: Four. Four broomsticks. Okay. It's pretty good. I like candy corns. They're not like my all time top favorite, but they're good. So okay. I'm going to give him a solid four broomsticks.
0: Awesome. Steve, can you give a brief summary for people who have never seen Hocus Pocus before or who haven't seen it in 29 years? I don't know how you escaped it, but give us an overview.
1: Sure. Hocus Pocus is a uh, kids, kind of a kid's Halloween movie about three witches who are sisters who get hung back in the Salem witch trials. And then they have a curse, and so they come back to life. In modern day, which is 1993, when it came out, mm-hmm. um, and they have they're trying to capture children to suck their life essence out to use in a potion to make them forever young. That's and, a good. And so we have three modern kids who are trying to stop them, um, and basically it's the whole Halloween night of adventures, trying to run from the witches and stop the witches. Um, until of course it's a it's a happy ending and they, they do stop the witches and the witches um don't complete their potion before sunrise and so they like poof away into nothingness.
0: Yeah, that's a good overview. We have yeah. Max, who's like sixteen about, yep. his sister Danny, who's supposed to be about eight, and Allison, Max's love interest and in she's like
1: sixteen as well. Yeah,
0: she's also, thankfully, yes. She's sixteen as well. So, um yeah, there is a lot of, there are a lot of things out there about the history of this and especially because on Disney Plus, if you go into the extras, um, if you're watching it there and not like, say, an old VHS, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they they have uh, like a f- scares and frights edition or something like that, it's called something like that, where they give like pop-up information about background, about everything
1: it's like pop-up video yeah it's
0: kind of like pop-up video for a movie so it's nice instead of like director commentary um so let's talk first though about the salem witch trials what do you think caused the salem witch trials witches in 1692 in puritanical massachusetts there was a series of arrests and prosecutions of eventually 200 people attempting to determine whether or not witchcraft was occurring. And 19 people ended up being hung, five were five additional were imprisoned, and then one man was uh, hung to death as well. So um, some, you know, there's different reasoning for it. There's this kind of like a moral panic, right? Right. And some suspected that there were socioeconomic reasons, so a lot of people prosecuted there were, like, fights over land or, like, ostracized like elderly single women right right um other people say that it might have just been boredom that led to this mass hysteria that these there were these girls who were called the afflicted um and they were having symptoms um some people say that maybe they actually were having symptoms like ergotism which is like a disease from like mold on your food, mm-hmm. um, or uh, and it, it gets into the rye and bread, which they would have been eating at the mm-hmm. time, or possibly Lyme disease. But um, Betty Paris, followed by Abigail Williams and Putnam Jr., Mary Walcott, Mercy Lewis, and and several more later. But they had like fits, and they were contorting in pain and having fevers and I think things you al- like that. I
1: think you also have. I mean, you have you know like you said mass hysteria. You have groupthink, but you also have. You know, there was a number of things going wrong in Salem. Salem was not a thriving town. Mm -hmm. And so you had some deaths, some disease, probably harvest crop issues. And, of course, people want to blame anything besides just stuff went wrong. Right. Right. And you have a puritanical culture there. Um, who basically decided ahead of time it's witches, it's evil that's making this happen, and so then they went looking for it, right? When you decide ahead of time what you're, that you're what you're going to find, then of course you're going to find it, right? Yeah. And I mean that gives into the modern use of witch hunt,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: It's when. The people investigating or looking for something pretty much decided what they were going to find before they started.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's it's interesting that, you know, as you said, maybe there was some disease, you know, like epilepsy or something like that, um, where somebody was having an affliction, but this is what they blamed. And then it became, you know, let's go after this person. Let's go after that person. Cotton, um, Cotton Mather mm-hmm. wrote the reports of the Salem witch trials and, and, and then it was, um, the story was also made into a play by Arthur Miller to kind of mirror McCarthyism, which was again, another witch hunt. And there in the 1950s, they were looking for, um, people with communist ties and going after them and, and trying to blackball them from Hollywood. But, um, the story of Hocus Pocus actually started off as a bedtime story. David Kirshner, who also created the Chucky series.
1: Okay. Child's <laughs> so that's play. Good.
0: Yeah. Child's play. Um, he, he submitted the idea in 1984. So it took a long time, but he submitted this, this story to Muppet magazine. Okay. I guess that the Muppets had a magazine and that they, they had stories in it. I'm not really clear on that. People liked what they read and he ended up developing it and, and submitting it to Disney. But basically he tells this story, um, in one of the extras, that there was a black cat and his kids wanted a spooky story. And he was like, well, like, how did that cat come to be sitting outside your window? Right. And, and uh, the tale of Thackeray Binks was kind of born. Um, it was originally supposed to be a Disney Channel movie, kind of like Halloween Town, which we're oh, not okay. covering this year, but we might do it next year um, for, the, for the podcast but um they thought it might do well at the box office they started putting some money into it and the original draft was apparently a lot darker than the final version it had um 12 year olds and they were in a lot more like mortal peril okay (laughs) um it was supposed to be more frightening but it kind of got watered down and then they they made it into a feature film but they didn't release it at halloween time um because of some of the competition and whatever. So, you know, we'll talk about reception later. But I think that did affect the reception of it quite a bit. Okay. It's a Halloween movie that is like, I forget when they put it out. Like July. July. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to me. So, we have Max played by Omri Katz. Um, Omri Katz is in this show that I was obsessed with. And that's called Erie, Indiana. hmm I think it only had one season.
1: I think it had two, but it also had a movie that came later.
0: What? I didn't even know about the movie.
1: This was, this, when he was in Hocus Pocus right now, it was kind of in the middle of the Erie, Indiana run. Yeah. And then the movie was in like 97 or 98.
0: Yeah. And then he retired from acting. He just was like, acting's not for me. I don't like this.
1: This is what's interesting to me about this is everyone remembers Hocus Pocus for the witches, right? I mean, you have Bette Midler, you have Sarah Jessica Parker, and, um...
0: Kathleen and Jimmy. Kathleen
1: and Jimma, right? And so who are big names. But the kids, I mean, you have Omri Katz, who was kind of an eerie Indiana and that was most of what he's known for. Yeah. But Vanessa Shaw and Thora Birch, who were the other two girls, Mm -hmm. each ended up being in over forty movies. Yeah, they both They're pretty big names. I mean, they become rather large name actors
0: and listen this could have been even more memorable because the original choice for max was leonardo dicaprio
1: oh that nice and
0: he said quote they offered me more money for this role than i'd ever seen in my life they like really wanted him Mm -hmm. and they went after him hard and apparently he got the script for what's eating gilbert grape Hadn't even auditioned for it yet and turned down this role because he thought he could get the role in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Which and he then did. he did. Yeah. Yeah. And he was amazing in that. Um, but yeah. Probably a better
1: um, acting choice for him. The
0: other thing Elmer Katz was in was Dallas. So I think it's
1: yeah. interesting.
0: Yep. Um, Thorough Birch plays his sister and she was 11, but she's playing 8 because she's a little bit smaller. Right. Um, she was later in Ghost World, American Beauty. Those are some things people might know her from. And then Vanessa Shaw has done a number of uh, things 310 to Yuma, Eyes Wide Shut, um, that kind of thing. We also have Sean Murray uh, played the human version of Banks. So mm-hmm. Thackeray Banks. Zachary Brent Banks. I, I can never tell if it's Thackeray. It's Zachary. We'll see. I don't know. I'll look it up later. Um, so he, you might know him from NCIS. He's been in that for like, I don't know how many years NCIS. Really? Has been on like, what, 29 years almost now NCIS? Okay.
1: I guess it is Thackeray. I thought it was Zachary. No, it's That there. they kept saying.
0: Because it's supposed to be like more old fashioned. Yeah. And Jason Mardston voices the character. Um, they... They've, they both the human form and the feline form okay they overdubbed sean murray because they thought he sounded too contemporary
1: oh and they wanted it to sound yeah that makes sense
0: yeah they wanted more realistic um then we have our three witches sarah jessica parker who had not yet done sex in the city she's 28 years but she already had kind of a movie career going Kathy Jimmy, who had already done Sister Act, mm-hmm. and Beth Miller, who was already known as the Divine Miss M. And I don't feel like I need to say anything about her career right. because she's been a singer-actress for many, many years. Um, but what I also found interesting, now I did not find this in my regular research. I found it by watching the um, spooktacular version. Okay. This was the first movie that Disney did using computer animation or like computer CGI. doing CGI for an actual character. Okay. So they had done CGI in the past but not for a character. And they have this behind the scenes thing from 93 where um they're talking about how they CGI'd the head of the cat to to move its mouth and eyes better to be more to be more realistic and they're like someday we might have CGI with whole characters.
1: Wait till you buy Marvel. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> or uh, Avatar. So,
1: because before this, they probably would have done like, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the TV show where they had like a puppet that I played think, the cat. Yeah, I
0: was gonna say it that it would have horrib-
1: been like a Muppet or puppet. Kind I of think thing.
0: that I think Sabrina the Teenage Witch came out maybe a little at maybe around this time because I remember it. I think ending in 96, 97. But yeah, they had that horrible puppet. Um, Each of the three women who were the witches decided to work on choreography for their broom flying a different, a little bit of a different way. Okay. And they have this backstory that they had a mother, but three different fathers. And that's why their personalities were so different. Now they mix that up a little bit for the sequel, but the original story is that, (laughs) um, is that Bette Miller takes most after her mother, right? Mm -hmm. She's like the power force. And so she's the leader always. Mm -hmm. So she's always like leaning forward or whatever. Kathy Jimmy, her father was like a hunter and she's almost part bloodhound. So she like yips at people and she like kind of tries to track. And Sarah Jessica Parker decided that her father was the village idiot. And she plays her character, a mixture of Lolita and a toddler. Yes. I was like, that's that's a shame. That's a they choice. did a lot of
1: backstory and things for themselves for this.
0: Yeah, they really did.
1: That's a shame.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it plays out. But anyway... Um, So, yeah, we have the Hocus Pocus villain Spelltacular, which debuted in 2015 at the Magic Kingdom. There's a 20-minute show performed on the Cinderella Castle stage where the Sanderson sisters came back from the dead and that kind of thing. There was also, way before the movie, uh, a young adult, a YA book um, done in 2018. Okay. So I don't know if the sequel is based on the book or if the book's separate. I'm Mm -hmm. not really sure. I saw it in the store, that book. And I thought that it was just a movie tie-in book, because I guess they they made a, you know, they novelized the movie, but then they also added a sequel to
1: Got it. Got it. Which
0: I didn't know. So, um, oh, and then the last thing I have to say is the guy who plays Billy, um, people online call him the GOAT. <laughs> the greatest of all time. <laughs> okay. Because he... Has been in a number of horror movies. And this, I guess, is considered like a horror comedy. Yeah. I guess. Um, but he's been in a number of horror movies and he's quite funny in this movie. And it took him two and a half hours to get into makeup. Well, he's
1: playing a zombie.
0: Yeah. And then another 45 minutes to get out of makeup. Um, and that is Doug Jones is his name. Plays Billy Butcherson. Um I also want to mention Charles Rocket plays Max's father. Stephanie Farsay plays his mother. Charles Rocket, I know from being on SNL, and there's a tie-in to Omri Katz here because they did a sketch of Dallas. Yeah. And and I will bleep myself. But he mumbled, I like to know who the f*** shot me. And they didn't catch it. Mm -hmm. And then a little bit later... He looked directly at the camera and said, said, well, somebody shot me and I'd like to know who the f*** did it. (laughs) And and you can't say the F word twice on Saturday Night Live and keep your job. Yeah. So he lost his job. I feel like he did
1: cameos or he was kind of a bit player in a number of sitcom type stuff
0: yeah before he passed away sadly r.i.p but uh he yeah he he was a comedian and he did a number of different yeah. different things and i think probably if i'm not mistaken also the woman who played uh the mother as well lots of the just little small parts same thing for the two bullies which we'll get to they they both um jay and ice <laughs> mm-hmm. They've both had some long careers that way, too. So we're going to pause here. Uh, lots of fun facts and history, but we'll pause here. When we come back, we will talk about our childhood memories, and then we'll get into our full review and recap. All right. So, Steve, this came out in 1993. We'll have a welcome back. Oh, Welcome back. My name is Megan.
1: Hey there, I'm Steve.
0: This came out in nineteen
1: ninety-three. <laughs> it did come out in nineteen ninety-three, yes.
0: I definitely did not see this in theaters in the middle of July.
1: I didn't either. There's For no way sure. I went to see this in the theater. But I
0: did see it every year on TV.
1: I don't know if I've ever seen it full fully through until we watched it. Really? That surprises you?
0: Yeah. This is like a classic campy kids cult classic movie. And the one the one um thing ahead of the sequel coming out, when I was doing research, I found this this article and all it said was, well, it's that time of year again. It's time to pretend like Hocus Pocus is a good movie. And I was like <laughs> That's actually pretty funny and accurate.
1: No, even by the time it came out in theaters, which I wouldn't have watched it in theaters, but, you know, I was 93. I was in high school. Right. So I was not watching campy. I would have been, if I'm going to watch like a Halloween movie, I'm going to watch like a horror scary, you know, I'm not going to watch a Disney kids Halloween movie. But
0: you watched horror scary movies when you were like five and six, right? Yeah, so So, I I was
1: already on board with those.
0: Yeah, I don't think... I read my first Stephen King book when I was in fifth grade, but that was just *Eyes of the Dragon*.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> which doesn't really, really scary count. Yeah.
0: And then I kind of graduated from there uh, in middle school. I think I read almost everything he had written up to that point. But I, I have a real—I'm um, very sensitive, <laughs> so I, I don't always—I um, watch scary movies around Halloween time, but I don't watch them after dark. <laughs> I don't watch them. I don't watch them after dark. Yeah, I'm talking about now. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't watch them after dark. So I really like funny, campy movies. And this is just one that I don't know. I just gravitated toward. And uh, my brother... I mean, my brother would have probably been right at the right age for this, right? Because 93, yeah. he would have been, um, what, nine? Eight or nine?
1: Probably, yeah.
0: Um, and I probably would have been about 12. So um yeah we just really liked it and uh this and i also i was a little old for halloween town but i don't know there's something about that movie (laughs) the first the second and the third not the fourth we don't talk about that one okay they replaced the lead actress because she got a little chubby like we wouldn't notice that there's a whole new marnie i don't like that steve (laughs) um but uh yeah so i i just i just really like i also i should say too i'm a fan of Bette midler i like kathleen and jimmy a lot um she was also in veronica's closet i didn't love that show but i liked her in the show that makes sense i did not Vanessa shaw i fully went thinking that she was hillary swank for like the majority of this movie (laughs) i I don't know why i always thought that was hillary swank they they have a very similar jawline I guess.
1: With, with me, I like I said, I was a little old for this. But also, I mean, I, I don't know if you picked up on this, but I'm not a huge Halloween person. Yeah. I've just never been. I mean, I dressed up and did trick-or-treating as a kid and things. But I'm not one of those people who, like, starts putting orange and black decorations up in September. Yeah. It's like, okay, it comes and goes. It's it's trick-or-treat night or whatever for people. But I'm just not, like, obsessed with Halloween. Like, I watch horror movies, but not because it's Halloween, you know?
0: I have, like, a theory about Halloween. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I have a theory that kind of, like, Aristotle talked about, we watch plays because we have this type of catharsis, right? We have, like, an emotional whatever. So at Halloween, we frighten ourselves. And then we ponder death in, like, a weird way. Okay. And then Thanksgiving comes, and we are thankful that we made it through that and that we're not... And that we we give thanks for all the blessings that we have. And then Christmas comes and we're reminded of more spiritual things and God and those kind of blessings. And it's a renewal then. Okay. And we give back to others because we've already thought about the blessings we have during Thanksgiving. And then a full renewal that finishes it, the new year. All right. And then in February, we, we... we give love to people because that's the outpouring
1: that could be, but I, I, pro- <laughs> I was possibly too emotionally stable to get pulled into that. No,
0: I sound emotional stable. I'm just saying that's the, like, it's like a cyclical thing. You, um, you, you think about life, you give thanks for what you have, you give back to others and to your community. And then you have like a, a renewal, because of that process and then you can you know that's just my thoughts on
1: it okay it's <laughs> just
0: my thoughts on it so anyway
1: deep thoughts but, with megan
0: <laughs> getting back to the movie um oh for first 93 oh you weren't wearing halloween costumes by 93, no right? what was your favorite halloween costume you ever had
1: oh boy oh i don't know I did Batman a few times. Were you just like Michael Keaton Batman? Were you
0: just like get a mask kind of kid?
1: No, no. There was a few times we did parties and stuff when I was a kid that we were dressed up. But you know, we did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles once. Hence the costumes I talked about. Oh
0: yeah, you did talk about those dress
1: ups. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did do Batman, except I added a katana. Okay. Because I felt Batman should have a sword. Yeah. Actually, I just wanted a sword, so <laughs> I just added that. But, yeah, that was in, like, sixth grade maybe. I don't remember.
0: One of mine, um, one time I did cultural appropriation, and I dressed like Pocahontas. Okay. <laughs> um, and another time I was uh, I was really into movies from the 30s and 40s, so I dressed like a chorus line dancer from, like, a Ginger Rogers Fred Astaire movie. <laughs>
1: All right. How old were you during that time?
0: <laughs> um, I, that was, I think that was fourth grade. I think Pocahontas was third grade. Okay. Yeah. So if that tells you anything about that. Everybody else in my class came as like versions of Madonna. And I was like.
1: Did you paint with all the colors of the wind?
0: When I was Pocahontas. No, but that was way before the movie. Way before the so
1: movie. So you just decided to dress up as historical Pocahontas. Yeah.
0: Wow. I was super into it. I and don't then know.
1: A, And then a chorus line girl.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with like tap shoes and stuff, and and a, and a hat. I had like a little top hat. What was
1: the next year like? A suffragette?
0: Um, no, I no, I think I think fifth grade. So one year, my friend went as French fries, and so I dress because we would dress up for school. Mm-hmm. So I found a thing that was a can of Coke. I don't drink pop, but I was a Diet Coke, and she was French fries, and okay. I think we won a little prize. Like at nice. our school. Um, and you then the. Did,
1: you did an Annie too, didn't you? That was, was when I was
0: really little. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the year after that, I was um, uh, half. I, I did a, a mask on the back of me. So I was like a, a man on the back of me and a woman on the front. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And then another year, I was a, um, a Bobby Soxer with like a poodle skirt, like and a fifties girl. Yeah, like a fifties girl. Okay. Because there was that big like resurgence. like there is now. There's a resurgence of yeah. 80s stuff now. It was like a big resurgence of fifties yeah,
1: stuff. No. I did one year in middle school. I dressed as a woman for Halloween.
0: That checks out. Yeah,
1: and then I wore, <laughs> no, and then joking. I got and then I and then somebody bet me I wouldn't wear it to school, so I wore it to school.
0: Oh, did you get yeah. called into the office? Or yeah,
1: I got, yeah, I had to yeah. take
0: it off. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I had hot legs.
0: Well, you still do, sweetie. I know. <laughs> anyway, so it's Halloween at the Sanderson sisters uh, house or museum, I guess. Right?
1: Yeah, it opens, th- this movie opens with the Sanderson sisters making a potion that's supposed to drain the life force from a child. Yes. And they have captured Thackeray, Thackeray's younger sister, Emily.
0: Yep, Emily. They're conjuring in the woods and they're singing their song to lure the children in. So Sarah Jessica Parker's character, she sings this song, which seems like grossly seductive. It's like she's a pedophile. It creeps me out as an adult okay all right because no like there's different points where she's like oh a boy let's play with him i'm like you're you're almost 30 and he's like i think
1: because they because that's a mixture of if one of the other witches maybe had sung it but she was supposed to be like a seductress yeah and there's a fine line between being a seductress for like adults right or being like a Pied Piper for kids. And
0: she does And both. they don't
1: go well together. No,
0: they don't. And it, it is supposed... To, she's almost like a succubus, right? Right. Yeah. So, Thackeray is waked. Emily is gone. He sees her running into the woods. He st- tells his friend to summon the elders while they go to rescue the sister. There's big purple smoke coming from their roof, which reminded me a little bit of um, Sleeping Beauty. They do that yeah. too, right? Or... um sword in the stone i think it's like Mm -hmm. a little trope there the three sisters are around emily in a chair there's a cauldron um and then they very deliberately cut this dramatic tension with really over-the-top acting like she throws up the window and she's like Bette midler Mm -hmm. and she's like oh it smells like a delightful day makes me sick and like here's the thing, Bette Midler can act. Yeah. Like in a number of things. Not just I mean, she's known for beaches, but a number of things. She's mm. been she's a great actress. It's like
1: they're acting like over actors.
0: Yes. Like on purpose to to try to make this not as scary. And I don't I mean, I guess if it if it weren't for the campiness there, it probably wouldn't be a cult movie, right? Maybe it wouldn't be, but um yeah. They're pulling the life force out of Emily, um, and she dies. Yes. But the cauldron's knocked over. He's turned into a cat. He's cursed to be to live forever as a cat. And then the three sisters are hung.
1: Yeah, the villagers get a hold of them, and they're like, nope, not in our place in Salem. We're looking for witches anyway, and they hang them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, Mary! We saw thee gathering herbs for thine tea. You're also a witch. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they're, yeah, they're hung, and while they're being hung, they do a curse on the town and they, they vow to come back. Yeah. Basically.
1: So then we fast forward to 1993.
0: Yes. Where in a class, presumably for 10th graders, they're talking about witches. It's Salem. Yeah, but.
1: And it's Halloween. <laughs>
0: nobody's gonna do any work that day as a
1: teen is it depending on the grades i was in as a teacher very often like around halloween you do halloween stuff yeah right. you talk about the history of halloween you talk about you know the uh or you might read like a halloween book or you're a lot of times you're kind of doing that so that doesn't surprise me especially if you're in salem right
0: yeah there are a couple things in this this scene so we realized that there. They're setting some things up to explain, like, Max and his family, they've just moved here, right? Yeah, that's
1: a trope. I put that down. Max is like the trope of the kid that just moved from L.A. Well,
0: what the teacher says to him, he goes, ugh, give me a break. And the teacher says, Mr. Dennison, with your California laid-back tie-dye point of view. Yeah. What? (laughs) Who would say that to one of their students? (laughs) In real life myself and most of the teachers that I know would be too tired to even deal with that. Yeah. Like also you're talking about, which is of course not everybody's going to believe you, but it's just funny. You care to share your California laid back tie dye point of view. And then he says, Halloween is just a scam.
1: Yeah. Cause he doesn't buy into this cause he's not from Salem.
0: I know, but it is kind of a scam. And yeah. then Allison's like, have you ever heard of all Hallows Eve? Well, Like, kind of i mean you know there's some people who want to be like you know there were druid rituals or whatever and then all hallows eve is like a catholic holiday where you honor the dead basically right or you think about the dead or whatever i don't know um and then the next day is actually the the actual like holiday Right? Yeah, it's
1: it's a really old holiday. It's but, and, it, and it is coming come from pagan, like yeah, from Europe. Yeah, it All comes from
0: a, like a number of different places. Having said that, it's like Valentine's Day. Was there a Saint Valentine? Sure. Um, did he marry Christians, even though he wasn't supposed to? Sure. But the, the companies jump on that to sell you candy. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing with Halloween. Doesn't mean it's not fun to dress up and stuff. Right. But yeah. so
1: Max thinks he's slick. And tries to give Allison his number
0: in front of everybody. Yeah, how how are you gonna do that as a newbie to the school to be like, well, he's
1: a California laid back kind of kid.
0: <laughs> he's not though, because he like. Here's what I didn't get about this: is that the rest of the the rest of the depiction of Max is that he's not exactly a nerd, but he's not like the most like he doesn't have like super big self esteem. He's not like assertive in that mm-hmm. way. He's a lot more like his sister is. That's a move that she might pull. But he doesn't do that kind of a move the whole rest of the movie. In fact, in the very next scene, we have him meet Jay and Ice.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jay and Ice, the two bullies. And I wrote down the two bullies are ridiculously unimposing.
0: Yeah, big time. But
1: they take his shoes.
0: Yeah. Well, there's two of them. I mean, he could have just he has a bike. Yeah. Spike the other way. They, they're they not going to catch up to you. They're and slow. I would have just,
1: like, or just, like, confused them with, like, a basic addition or subtraction problem. Like, they didn't seem really smart.
0: I mean, there's two of them, but, no, I think there's, there are a lot, like, um, was it My Little Pony where we saw the two goofball, the two goofball witches who yes. were, like, who were, like, bullying? And we haven't watched, um, we haven't watched Power Rangers yet.
1: That's true, but that does remind me of yes, you're right. There's the it's two. like the
0: bullies in Power Rangers. Yeah. So again, it's supposed to be like a threat, but like a comedic threat, you know, like something that wouldn't make children cry. I guess like Willy Wonka chocolate <laughs> factory.
1: <laughs> so he ends up leaving. He get he he gets gets away from the bullies. He goes home, and he basically sort of another trope is roped into taking his little sister trick or treating. Yeah. Because his parents are going to a Halloween party.
0: Yeah. Um, Danny, in comparison to Max, is not afraid of these thugs at all.
1: No. In fact, because he takes her trick-or-treating and they run into these bullies again. Yeah. Um, And I put, Danny, the sister, starts a bunch of crap with the bullies when she can't handle. Then expects Max to bail her out. She keeps mouthing off to the bullies and then she's like, well, it doesn't matter because my big brother Max is here. And Which then, would
0: make sense if the bullies were her age, but they're right, not. But they're, they're bigger they're than him. They're bigger than him. And now there's like eight or nine of them. Yeah,
1: so it's like she keeps running her mouth, and then she's like, Max will take you, and walks away. And I'm like, Danny. And I put underneath it, Danny's the worst.
0: Is she worse than Janet?
1: I don't know. It's I, I mean, she's not trying to kill a whole school bus of kids <laughs> in space, but she's try, She's not caring much about her brother Max.
0: If you haven't listened to our Magic School Bus episode, (laughs) go back and listen, because Janet's the worst. Yeah, my notes, I put, why are literally no adults doing anything about the ruffians? Or actually out with their kids?
1: No, no adults are out with these kids. I
0: know it's 1993, but I don't think we were not allowed... Now, I think by the time I was in middle school, we were still trick-or-treating. By that point, we were allowed to go out by ourselves, just around Mm -hmm. the block. But... Um, there's no way at eight years old that, and all of these kids are just running amok. amok and amok, amok, by amok. this
1: time you have John Walsh and missing children and stuff. Yeah. You'd think Disney would want to show parents out with the kids as a safety thing. Well,
0: some of the parents are at Allison's house, which we get well, to Like, they a do
1: run into Allison's house. Some of
0: the parents are at the party that Max's parents are at, just living it up.
1: And then some are at Allison's house, which is more of like a...
0: That's the high class. That's the high class. That's where the wealthy people. Right. Um. Yeah. So he's he said before that he was a rapper, but his sister goes, "For your information, he's a little leaguer," which just makes me laugh so. Yeah.
1: Again, Danny. They go into Allison's house and Al- he meets Allison again, who he's trying to you know pick up. And I put down here, Danny's still the worst. She talks about Allison's yabos.
0: Yeah, so they get in a fight, and then they're going to go trick-or-treating together. They go to the house. They're like, they'll probably make us bob for apples and drink cider. And they were like, heck yeah. And then they find what every kid finds at a rich person's house. Steve, what's that? Full-size candy
1: bars. Full-size candy bars, yeah. Full-size candy
0: bars. Full-size candy bars. Full-size candy bars are the jackpot on Halloween. Um, But... Everybody has on powdered wigs, and they're dressed like it's Washington's birthday. Yeah,
1: they're dressed like the 1700s.
0: Allison comes down, and then, yeah, Danny says this line, your costume's great, but I can't wear anything like that because I don't have any, what do you call them? Yabos? Max likes your yabos. Actually, he loves, what the heck, Danny?
1: Yeah, Danny,
0: what is up? Now, she's heard him say, oh, Allison, like, while he's, like, been dreaming about Allison, but still.
1: You couldn't get him beat to death by the bullies, so now you're trying to get him humiliated to death in front of this girl? Horrible. Horrible.
0: So she wants to go to the Sanderson sister house. Danny doesn't want to go. He promises her, next year we can dress like Wendy and Peter Pan. (laughs) That's what she makes him promise.
1: Yeah, with the tights. With (laughs) tights. And I think I turned to you and I was like... I would just say yeah cuz by next year she won't want to trick or treat anyway. She'll probably get too old. Yeah.
0: She won't even care or she'll she'll be past it and she'll want to dress up like something else. Then we have the book of spells in human skin. We have the black flamed candle made from the fat of a hanged man.
1: Yeah, and Max thinks he's cool and lights the candle with a lighter.
0: Now, here's the deal. And he, when he does it, he says, "It's just a bunch of hocus pocus."
1: And then he lights the candle. But unfortunately for us, and what we'll be hit over the head with multiple times this movie, Max is a virgin.
0: So, yeah. (laughs) First of all, Max is like 15. I know that because there's a deleted scene where his dad is like, We're going to go, we could go soon to get your driver's permit, right? Yeah. So yeah, he's a virgin. He's 15.
1: Yeah, he's supposed to be Disney. What's your obsession with kids virginity? And
0: and and on the spectacular version with the with the pop-ups? Yeah. They have a counter because it's a thing that people make like why is being a virgin such a big deal? Yeah. They have a counter every time virgin is said.
1: Why couldn't it just be like someone who's pure of heart?
0: I don't know. They I really
1: think, wanted us to to, to get into this the joke kid's virginity.
0: Is, the joke is when you say, like, a virgin lights the candle, they think of, like, a young maiden right. all dressed in white lighting the candle on Halloween night, right? But um, what what is the point is even his sister at one point, he's like, what happened? And she goes, a virgin lit the candle. Why do you even know? Yeah, you're like eight.
1: Thora Birch, you're eight years old.
0: You're eight. Come on. And also then the implication is that if Allison had lit the candle, it might not have worked. Like, I
1: am not. I'm not going to assume. But
0: you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they make fun of this kid for being a virgin. I think that, like, that's a horrible message because I think that people... You know some i don't I don't know people lose their virginity whenever they lose their virginity, and you don't for some people that's later, and that that's not that's okay. You know what I'm saying, and it gives off the impression that that's not okay right that you should know your way around by tenth grade, which yeah. is ridiculous,
1: so then Max, the Absolutely stupid virgin he is lights the candle, and the sisters come back,
0: yes. And then Danny has to pretend like she's one of the witches because she's dressed like a witch for Halloween. Right. Um, the sisters come back and it is pretty glorious. And I, at this point there's a little overacting. There's a little hamming it up for the camera, but mm-hmm. their costumes are really interesting. Bette Midler has these like teeth, like a rat um, that she wanted. Cause she said it was like she was eating the flesh of the kids mm-hmm. almost Sarah Jessica Parker has like very blonde hair and she's they're all in one color for each person, right? To kind of distinguish them. And Kathy to Jimmy has like a sideways like a sideways mouth. Yeah, she does but like a sideways. She had mouth. a switch for the other movie because apparently it was so hard to get it on the one side <laughs> again. Um Yeah, so we have this uh running around the What used to, what was the museum of the Sanderson sisters, but really is their house. Right. The set decoration on this is, I just want to say, is astounding. Just like layers of like, there are cobwebs and then there are like, potion bobs and
1: yeah they make it it look like a real haunted house kind of thing which was actually one of the original name for it right yeah isn't it called halloween house or something? yeah halloween house and
0: the guy who did the house uh he talked on the extras and he was like i built this like a real house he was like you can move it onto a hill and just live in it yeah like it's not it's not done like a normal set
1: it's almost me. its own character in the movie because yeah. it has so many, you know, there's so many iconic pictures of the house yeah. and from the inside. I just
0: wanted to point that out because I think the set is so, so nice. Um, so unlike Emily, Danny fights back when they try to steal her soul. Emily just kind of sat passively in the chair. But Danny like kicks and spits and everything like that. Um, the book comes to life and the kids are able to escape because Max jumps on to a table and says this is the reign of death and he lights the lighter under yeah. the sprinkler system yeah um so there's a little bit of trickery because of the modern conveniences
1: yeah they don't know why the water is spraying down on them yeah um so the kids are able to escape with the book
0: and the cat
1: yeah and they run to a graveyard because the cat directs them there.
0: Yep. Binks says that this is holy ground.
1: (laughs) So the witches can't step on it. So they go to the graveyard and that's where I wrote in my my notes go to graveyard and get exposition from Cat.
0: Yeah! (laughs) Because
1: Binks the Cat who was Thackeray Binks um, gives them an exposition, basically, of the witches and everything right. that's but going on. but we up. already know. Yes. And it
0: would have been much better if he had just said, I'll tell you all about it, and then we cut back to them later.
1: Yeah, but i know, instead like, we wow, get, that was a good story. Yeah,
0: instead we get this story all over again. Meanwhile, the sisters are fighting the Black River, which is actually just asphalt. Right, right. And then they run into, and in my notes I just put, Horny Bus Driver. Yes. Who has... One of my favorite lines in this entire movie, where he says, they're like, what is this? He's like, a bus. Where does it take us? Wherever you desire. We desire children. And he says, well, it might take about nine months, but eventually I'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) So they hop on the bus with the horny bus driver, which is also an adult joke in a kid's movie, right? Yep. Um, Then they have... They they hover over the the um,
1: graveyard,
0: and they bring Billy back.
1: Yeah, Billy, who was Billy, who was
0: Winifred's lover, but then cheated on her with her sister. Yeah,
1: Winifred, who's bet meddler's, they say his her lover, but he cheated on her with. Sarah Jessica Parker, the sister. Yes. And so she cursed him, and he's a zombie, basically. She sewed his mouth she shut. She
0: sewed his mouth shut. Now, here's the question, because eventually we find that Billy is on the side of the kids, that he hates these witches for what they've done to him. Yes. But he follows them like he's going to attack them. And it makes no sense. There are so many plot holes in this movie. Um, yeah, so I like. why does he follow the kids if he hates the sisters? We don't know. This then the sisters are walking around trying to find something else to get the potion to take the life of the girl. Yep. And this little girl angel blesses them, and they shriek. Yes, I just think it's hilarious. They think that the kids are hobgoblins, and then they see Gary Marshall and his sister Penny.
1: Yeah, and Gary Marshall's dressed as Satan, is dressed as the devil, yeah. and they think he's Satan, and run in and start to treat him yeah. as like the ma- their master. And
0: and Penny Marshall is his wife, and she has curlers in her hair, and they're like, "Oh, Medusa," which is hilarious. Um, so it's nice, some nice little cameos there, right? Yep. Um, the kids then run. I don't know why they left the graveyard, but they did.
1: Because the witches had attacked the graveyard. Oh, they, couldn't, they couldn't stand on it, but they were flying over it.
0: So they go up to this cop and they're like, my brother's a virgin and he lit the candle. What? Again. Why again with the virgin? Anyway, he's not a real cop. Um, kids steal their brooms and then we get to the party where the mom and dad have been the whole time. Yes. So they they couldn't get help from the cop. They're going to their parents for help. Their dad, in a pun that I love, says, I'm Dadula. Yes. <laughs> He's dressed as Dracula. Then they see their mom, and she's dressed like Madonna with the cone bra.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And they're like, Mom, who are you supposed to be? And she's like, well, isn't it obvious?
1: Yeah, she was like truth or dare Madonna. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which is, again, there's some there's some kind of racier stuff in here, which I'm kind of guessing is for the parents, but I don't know.
1: So then the witches do with probably one of the highlights of the movie, which is the musical number. So great. I put a spell on you.
0: I'm going to just say that they do another musical number in the sequel, and it's not as good as this. Yeah. You can't recreate this, really. It's, mm. a, it's great. Bat Midler, um, not even in full voice, honestly. But she's really magnetic. I mean, really, anytime she's on screen, your eye just goes directly to her. And um, and they sing this song, I Put a Spell on You. The three kids know what's going on and they cover their ears, but all of the parents are basically, they're going to dance till they drop. Because she's trying to keep them from helping the kids. Right. Right? Um, so, they're, um, Yeah and it is an excuse for a musical number very obviously right but it doesn't matter because it's great um
1: i wonder if they're like bet midler we want you to be a witch in this movie and she's like do i get to sing and they're like sure we'll, we'll put a we'll put a we'll, we'll put some areas where you can sing in." It. yeah like, it's okay. a little bit
0: like um uh what's the movie where they make ann hathaway sing we we're just talking about it the other day. She sings that Queen song. Ella Enchanted. Ella Enchanted. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's the kind of the same thing. It's like a yeah. forced kind of number. But um, they shut the Sanderson sisters up in the furnace, but it's a false ending. We see them go. Yeah, up they burn the, the
1: they burn the witches in a kiln.
0: Yeah, you can't burn witches.
1: And they just come back because be also because the candle basically means that they can they have until the candle they have until sunrise. Yeah. Right, so is that part of that curse? They come right back, and then they, I but, they they chase after the kids on a broom, a mop, and a vacuum cleaner, because there's not three brooms.
0: Yeah, because they their brooms were stolen by other little witch. The
1: yeah, girls the little dressed up the, like witches. yeah little girl witches. Stole but they the took brooms. them
0: out of the furnace room, presumably. After would they become yeah. dust? Go back and get them? We don't know.
1: Well, no, it was at the. Um, it was at the school.
0: Yeah, at the school. Yep. So at the same time, Thor Birch is like, we're going to adopt you, Thackeray Banks. You're going to be my best friend. You won't have to eat mice anymore. I'm going to tell you.
1: You'll live with me forever, and then my kids, and then my grandkids. Yeah. And I'm like, this is getting like dark, and this no, poor cat is like, going to have to live forever.
0: <laughs> you know what reminded me of uh, Tuck Everlasting? Yeah or Peter Pan where like in Hook he comes back for her and her grandchildren or her great-grandchildren. And
1: while they're doing while she's having this discussion with with the cat Thackeray Binks um, there's this all awkward almost kiss between Max and Allison.
0: Yeah. It, I don't yeah, it's very awkward. Which is
1: interrupted by the witches stealing Danny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I put in my notes, I put there's a lot of canoodling going on.
1: Yeah, Allison and Max save Danny. By, and steal the book. By
0: again. pretending that it's daylight savings time. Yes, and, and they on use the headlights. Yeah. yeah, they
1: use car headlights to pretend it's it's daytime. And they steal... They So then we have... And I knew this was going to be the worst for you because you hate car chases. We have a flying broom car chase to the graveyard.
0: Yeah. The, I mean, it's not as bad, because at least it's more interesting than just two cars driving around. Okay. Um, But it's not the best part. We also have Billy. We find out why Billy hates them. Um, Max drinks this potion that Danny was going to drink. So he's like, come take me instead. And then um, when they do, they touch, Miller touches the hollowed ground and becomes a statue. The sun comes up and they poof into dust so they they ran out the clock yeah
1: basically basically. the kids don't really save the day the sunrise saves them because they're about to eat it yeah they had got they had a plan they got to the graveyard with the book poured salt around them Mm -hmm. and then danny who's the worst left the salt circle
0: well she was trying to help she was trying to help billy um billy at the end after they poof away billy goes back to bed
1: yeah, Billy's like good night and he pieces out. And
0: then Binks dies on Emily's grave, by the way, on his sister's yeah. grave.
1: And he gets to go be with his sister forever. And
0: then the final lines, Emily says, Thackeray Binks, what took thee so long? And he says, I had to wait three hundred years for a virgin to light the candle. And that's how the movie ends, yeah. with another virgin joke.
1: Yeah, I wrote down they really think Max being a virgin's a great bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is really, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's upsetting. <laughs> just given everything that kids go through in Hollywood, like the sexualization, I don't know. It's just upsetting to me. It's like there's there's larger implications for whoever wrote that, yeah. you know? Um, It's also, it could possibly, to take a lighter view of it, I guess it could be like a joke for the teens in the audience, but it's not really that great. True. So what was the uh was the reception i know that people look at it differently than critics do you have anything about what the critics had to say did it win awards
1: (laughs) okay so it was released in july as we mentioned before of 93 um and it was released that way because disney said that they chose to release it in july because kids were off of school and they thought they would have more kids show up and it's a kid movie um its opening weekend it grossed about eight point one million. It was in fourth place its opening weekend.
0: Okay. It
1: grossed eight million its first opening weekend. Its budget was twenty eight million.
0: Mm. It
1: totaled finally finished, it made forty five. But that's still not as we that's about that's less than double. And as we've mentioned on this show before, with marketing and everything, you really have to at least triple your budget. Yeah, to make that's money.
0: true. That's true.
1: Um it dropped from the top 10 rankings after two weeks. Mm. So it didn't really have a good release. Um, it was re released in 2020 during COVID. Oh, okay. In selected theaters, about 2,500 theaters. Um, it made 1.9 million. There wasn't a lot of people in theaters. Also, they released it against Tenant, which mm. destroyed it. Did
0: they at least put it in Halloween time?
1: Um, yeah, it's October of 2020, and maybe that helps spur on this reboot or yeah, this, this sequel that they decided to come out with. Yeah. Um, but it only made 1.2 million in its re-release. It was kind of a, a just because there was nothing to put in the theaters at the Probably time, in
0: like 10 theaters. You know,
1: nothing had been filmed during COVID, so they didn't really right. have anything. So they re-released some stuff. Yeah,
0: that's true.
1: Um, critical responses: Rotten Tomatoes gave this film an approval rating of 38%, based mm. on almost 60 reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and their, their consensus that, that they wrote says harmlessly hokey, yet never much more than mediocre. Hocus Pocus is a muddled family friendly effort that fails to live up to the talents of its cast.
0: I don't disagree with the second part of that.
1: Metacritic gave it a 43 out of a hundred, which is not much different than the 38. Yeah. Um, at the time, Gene Siskel from Siskel and Ebert remarked that the film was a dreadful witch's comedy with the only tolerable moment coming when Bette Midler presents a song. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, we heard what Siskel said. Roger Ebert gave it one out of four stars and said that it was a confusing cauldron um, in which there's a lot of activity but little progress and a lot of hysterical shrieking. That's kind of where it landed as far as critical, as far as response.
0: And, and yet, why do you think then, so given all that, why do you think that people who are the the elder, the younger part of our generation, the, the elder millennials, why is this such a cult classic for people in our generation? I think
1: they just showed it a lot on Disney, and they showed it a lot on TV, and people just got used to seeing it at Halloween time.
0: But there's, there's a number of movies I that mean, they show. I you love Halloween
1: Town, and that's not great.
0: But there's a number of movies that they show every year that don't necessarily... Do you know what I'm saying? But this is
1: one of the ones that's Halloween and it's kid-friendly. It's campy. It's not like a horror movie. So you can show it to kids no matter what their age is around Halloween. And it's not really scary. Yeah. So I think that might be why. I don't Um, know.
0: I'm just saying like this movie... Look, this was originally going to be like a Disney Channel movie, right? Right production wise it has a little bit more money put into it in terms of you can have bat midler sarah jessica parker and kathleen and jimmy you can have a beautiful set for the sanderson sisters house yeah you can have a little bit nicer costumes but in terms of plot in terms of pacing in terms of acting it really is feels more like a disney channel movie it does there are a ton of Disney Channel movies, some of which they showed over and over and over. Yeah. Right? So it's just, yeah, it's just interesting to me that this particular one, See, I mean, they just did the reboot for a reason. Or the, not, not the so, reboot, you know, the sequel. Sometimes I cult
1: classics become cult classics because they're not good. Yeah, and people just like to laugh at them and, and things and like that. And that's kind as well. of, I
0: guess that's kind of how I feel about this movie. I feel like it's not good. I know it's not good, but I like it anyway. Which is, it's kind of like how I feel about candy corn. Candy corn is not good for me. It doesn't even like, you gave it a four. I would give it like, I don't know, a two and a half. Is all right. Right. It's like, it's very sweet. It's not good for you, but I like it anyway. Yeah. At a certain time of year, I just like it. It's not a good movie. the acting is horrible from people who are better actors in everything that they did except I will say the kids acting is about what kids they seem like real kids Uh, not the bullies but the three main kids Um, Thora Birch seems like an annoying kid sister who ruins everything (laughs) and is a little bit too loud right Allison has sort of a function to be like a Uh, love interest but she is like a strong character as well and that like she does actively try to fight against she's not just like oh no max help me you know (laughs) you know what i mean um it's not good it's not good i like it but it's not good so what do you
1: rate it out of rooms oh
0: man i don't know it's it's really difficult honestly because this is one where the nostalgia goggles are strong you know, because it is, like, I do think of, like, sorting our candy while we watch this movie. Like, that's how I think of it. Okay. Why don't you talk about it? F- your, well, it's your no job. Comment. you
1: got to give us a reading. I, I
0: know, but I want to I want to hear your thoughts first.
1: All right. So, we've talked about this before on the podcast. The podcast is a nostalgic, sometimes cynical look back. And I would say that this movie is one where my cynicism definitely overpowers my nostalgia. Mm. Um, I, I just... It's not well done. It's And to be honest, I don't disagree with Siskel and Ebert in the fact that for the amount of star power in this movie, I feel like it's a real letdown writing and acting. You know, almost almost like it was, as we mentioned, because they're such good actors, it almost seems like they're trying to be bad actors. Um, and yeah. I don't know if they were trying to do that to make it campy, but it just doesn't bite with me. So I'm going to, as much as it's, it's, I'm sure, loved by a lot, I could give it or, or 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 leave it and or so so or take it or leave it and so I'm gonna go with three broomsticks.
0: Oh out of 10. man, that is harsh, Steve. I didn't think you'd be that low for. It. Now I want to bump my rating up to. See, like that's why I wanted that. you to go first. No, I, I my my thought before was that I'm at like a six or a seven. I really enjoy this movie. I'm gonna say the sequel is also a mixed bag. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. And in comparison to the sequel, this is like a 10. Um, but, um, yeah, I think I'm at, I, I guess I'm at like a 6 or a 7. I'm kind of split. It, it, it's just good nostalgic fun. Am I going to watch it next year? Yeah, I probably will. Will I watch the sequel after it? Probably not so much. Um, but if I were a 10-year-old, I probably would want to watch both. I'd probably think it was kind of funny, not really scary, and a way for me to participate in Halloween without being, like, scared and subjected to blood and gore and all that kind of thing. Um, And and because of that, in in a weird way, and I think, weirdly, um, I don't think that the sequel will hold up. I do feel like this holds up because there is something... Other than the virgin talk and the yabos. There is something kind of timeless about it, I guess. Um, it's stupid. Okay. It's stupid, but, um, yeah, I guess I'll give it... Oh, man, I hate to do this so much. Um. Yeah, I'm at a six. I guess my final is a six. Okay. It's, it's fun, and I enjoy it, but it's not a great movie. Okay. So... Four and a a half half broomsticks broomsticks out of ten. Out of ten. Hocus Pocus, four and a half out of ten. That is not great. It hits only a little bit higher than the bronze candy corn, which you gave a four out of five to. So,
1: Candy corn did better off than Hocus Pocus this week.
0: Oh, I know. That's saying quite a lot. Um, Okay, so listen, this was our Halloween bonus, but coming up we have some other spooktacular wonders for you um before we really get into our super halloween stuff we have the pretender which is our live action tv show pick yep um and and then we start our sequence over again um we do a cartoon and then a live action tv and then a film and we are doing the real ghostbusters
1: yep then buffy the vampire slayer
0: and then monster
1: monster squad
0: which i don't know that i've ever seen
1: all right It's a cult classic as well.
0: Yes. And also, sneak peek, we don't normally talk about the snacks, but we were able to get our hands on a Choco Taco for the Pretender. Yeah, we were. So before they are extinct forever. Yes. Wiped out by the Klondike Company. So that's basically what's coming up. We're looking forward to um, some of those Halloween treats. This has been... um, extremely fun to kind of revisit hocus pocus with you steve i know we haven't watched it together before i don't think
1: we did not no
0: so um for now i'm megan
1: and i'm steve
0: have a great week everybody